Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We do the show five times a week whenever I'm not out on the campaign trail. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 116 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, and it's Monday, March 28th, 2022. Big thank you to Roby Brock for conducting a great interview with me on talk business and politics yesterday. It was my first ever statewide TV interview. He only got one thing wrong. I only got one thing wrong. Details on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show coming up. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. If you'd like to support my campaign for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, since I am the only conservative running, go to our website, electdocwashburn.com. All right. Before we get to anything else, Let's take a look at the article that Roby Brock dropped on talkbusiness.net yesterday. Again, big thank you, big shout out to Roby. I really appreciate that. Articles entitled GOP gubernatorial candidate Doc Washburn on Sarah Sanders. Quote, I believe she's a rhino, unquote. And it gives a pretty good summary of the interview yesterday, in case you haven't seen the interview. I just put this up on my um, Doc Washburn Show Facebook page, also on my um, personal Facebook page. I don't know if it's on the elect Doc Washburn Facebook page yet or not. I think I still don't have uh, administrative privileges on the elect Doc Washburn page. So we'll check and see. We'll check and see if it's if it's up on that. But anyway, a great summary. A great summary of the interview. That's what we find in the article. Now, it says talk show host Doc Washburn. Excuse me. It says talk show host Doc Washburn says his GOP rival for governor aligns too closely with Republicans in name only, rhinos, and that has caused him to question her conservative credentials and ability to lead Arkansas. Washburn is the Republican opponent of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the frontrunner for the GOP nomination, who has amassed a multi-million dollar war chest and support from former President Donald Trump to many local and statewide elected officials. I'm not so sure she's the frontrunner. I mean, look, I realize Facebook is not real life, but when you go on her Facebook page, 
and 90% of the responses to her Facebook posts are from people supporting me, that might be indicative of something. I'm not so sure she's the front runner. The article continues, Washburn said as he speaks to audiences, he's finding persuasive votes voters to his cause. In an interview on this week's edition of Talk Business and Politics, Washburn said, quote, I was at the Benton County Republican Party, Walmart Territory, Tuesday night, and I got a standing ovation. People were coming up to me afterwards saying things like, I never thought anybody would be able to peel my support away from Sarah for governor, but I'm going to vote for you now. I've got a message. She's got money. I think there's a big difference. A former conservative radio talk show host on a Little Rock station, Washburn, was dismissed from his job after refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. He has since started a national podcast and says it has been successful in its launch. Yes, it has. we got advertisers. That's a good thing. He wasn't looking to enter... The Arkansas governor's race, he says, but after Sanders endorsed Senator John Bozeman and U.S. Representative French Hill, Washburn said the overwhelmingly negative responses resulted in many urging him to run. Oh, that's good. That's good. He corrected it. That's good. He corrected it. Okay, because originally he had said that I received overwhelmingly negative responses to her endorsements. So, yeah, no, she's the one who got hundreds of negative responses. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, didn't correct it yet. Maybe you will. And it's no big deal. It's not a big mistake. Not as big a mistake as the mistake that I made, okay? Washburn said, quoting now, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was the only Republican candidate for the nomination for governor, went on her Facebook page and endorsed Senator John Bozeman for re-election and U.S. Representative French Hill for re-election, I got hundreds of negative responses, overwhelming negative responses. No, no, I didn't get them. She got them. That's the only mistake Roby made in this whole thing. I made a bigger mistake. We'll get to it in a minute. Continuing the quote now, my phone started ringing and people wanted me to run against her. When Jan Morgan called me up, who primaried Asa Hutchinson back in 2018, and is now primarying John Bozeman for the senatorial race, she said, look, you don't understand what's going on here. We're about to lose our country. Good people like you need to stand up and run for office. You need to talk to your wife and pray about it. And that's the end of the quote. Washburn said Sanders won't answer questions about issues and due to her endorsements, he questions her Republican and conservative leanings. He said, quote, she won't talk about issues, she won't answer questions, There's an old Spanish proverb, show me who you walk with and I will show you who you are. And she walks with Bozeman, French Hill, and Aza Hutchinson. And 90% of her contributions are either from PACs or from out-of-state folks. She's got all kinds of Democrat political activists in other parts of the country contributing to her. She won't answer any questions about, wait a minute, why are you endorsing all these people who say all these horrible things about your former boss, Donald Trump? He's the reason you are where you are. So absolutely, I believe she's a rhino. I believe that a Sarah Huckabee Sanders term would be a third Asa Hutchinson term. And then he links to the embedded video of the interview. 
So great job uh, by Roby Brock. One small mistake in there. Uh, I had a bigger mistake. When Roby asked, you know, how do you get over Donald Trump endorsing Sarah for governor, an endorsement which I would presume that you would have been happy to have accepted. And I said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I said, but Donald Trump doesn't always get the best advice on who to endorse. And I said, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, freshman congresswoman out of northwest Georgia, Donald Trump endorsed her opponent in the primary. And she's like, gee, I don't know why, but I'm the America First candidate. And she won the primary, won the election. Okay, I confused Marjorie Taylor Greene, Northwest Georgia, with Lauren Boebert out of Colorado. They're both freshman congresswomen. It turns out, actually, Donald Trump did endorse Marjorie Taylor Greene, the one that I was thinking about, the new female freshman congresswoman in the U.S. House this this term, whose opponent Trump had endorsed was Lauren Boebert out of Colorado. So... um, I apologize for my mistake. Like I said, <laughs> Roby made a small mistake. I made a bigger one. You know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene looks nothing like Lauren Boebert, but oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway, um, that having been said, we've got to look what's going on here. I don't know if you've seen the shocking videos allegedly showing Ukrainian troops shooting and torturing Russian POWs. But they're out there on social media, shooting these guys in the knees when they're already prisoners of war. Uh, Yeah, it's really bad. You're not supposed to treat POWs like that. Really bad. Look, I get it. Putin's a monster. He's a murderer. I get it. That doesn't mean your boy Zelensky is uh, pure as the driven snow. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know if you heard about this because the mainstream media, and these days Fox News certainly um, could be categorized as mainstream media. I don't know if you heard about the exclusive from uh, the National Pulse. Natalie Winters over there. Exclusive. Hunter Biden, biofirm, partner with Ukrainian researchers, isolating deadly pathogens using funds from Obama's Defense Department. U.S. President, no, no, he's not the president, he's a usurper. Biden's son was instrumental in funding a firm conducting pathogen and anthrax research in Ukrainian biolabs. Now, why might that be? Why does that seem like a good idea? Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, a subsidiary of the Hunter Biden and Christopher Hines founded Rosemont Capital, counted both Biden and Hines as managing directors. Hines is the stepson of former U.S. Secretary of State and current climate czar John Kerry. Biolabs. See, I don't, I don't know the biolabs, they're not all that econo- ecologically friendly, are they? Huh? I'm just asking. Also, the National Pulse, Natalie Winters, dropped this story today. Fauci's COVID origins allies, the EcoHealth Alliance, boosted investment income by 350% since pre-pandemic. 
Wait, so people are making money off the uh, Wu flu? Off the China virus? Oh, what a shock. You think Sarah Huckabee Sanders, my opponent, is ever going to talk about any of this stuff? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Not going to happen. The great Margot Cleveland at the Federalist today, article entitled, Hunter Biden's laptops are now an active national security threat. You know, I think somebody running for governor should be concerned about national security, too. I'm just saying. I don't think Sarah's going to touch this. Too many Democrats contributing to her campaign. Oh, and I did mention that on the uh, TV interview yesterday, which, by the way, if you missed it yesterday morning, you can go to my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, or the Doc Washburn Show Facebook page. You know, it's on there. It's on there. By the way, did did I mention where I'm going to be this week? I don't think I did. Okay, coming up Saturday evening, 6.30 to 7.30, Faulkner County meet the candidates' chili cook-off at the Castle at Harmon Ranch. And again, all this is on the Elect Doc Washburn Facebook page. Saturday morning, the Perrin Monthly Breakfast at the Perrin High School Kitchen in Perrin, Arkansas. That's um, Northwest Saline County. Friday evening, I'm going to be one of the two speakers at the Medical Freedom Town Hall, 6.30 Friday evening, Fair Park Community Center in Hope, Arkansas. Now, when I told my wife a few weeks ago, hey, we're doing a town hall on a Friday evening in Hope, Arkansas, I said, you know who's from Hope, Arkansas, right? She said, Bill Clinton? Oh, no, she didn't ask the question. She knew. She said, Bill Clinton. I said, yeah, yeah, baby, but look, I don't have a daughter running for governor of Arkansas this year. She's like, oh, Mike Huckabee. I'm, I'm like, I knew you'd get it. I knew you would. Um, Let's see, Thursday. Okay, wait, I think I think we left something out here on Thursday. Don't I have more than one place to go Thursday? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me find out. As the Time Tree app loads, oh, I get it. No, no, I just got one public thing Thursday. Okay. Thursday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, primary candidate forum, Hot Springs Village, Republican women at the Coronado Community Center in Hot Springs Village. Um, Wednesday evening, I'm going to be at the uh, Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk and Allie Beth Stuckey are touring on their Educate Dome Mandate Tour at 7 o'clock Wednesday evening. I'll be there at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Tickets are free, but have to be reserved. Tuesday night, Pulaski County. Moms for Liberty. 6 o'clock Tuesday night, American Pie Pizza. North Hills Boulevard in North Little Rock. And this very evening, this very evening, I'll be speaking to the Ozark Ozark Patriots in Mountain Home at a place called Bunkle's Brick Oven and Brews. Mountain Home this evening at 6 o'clock. All right, now, where were we? Where were we? Let me get back to this. Uh, Margot Cleveland in The Federalists. 
Article entitled, Hunter Biden's Laptops Are Now an Active National Security Threat. And she says, on Friday, the UK Daily Mail reported that emails recovered from Hunter Biden's laptop show he helped an infectious disease research company pursue projects in Ukraine. I was just alluding to that. She says these, those emails confirm portions of charges Russia made the previous day that an investment group run by Biden's son had funded a company conducting research at biological laboratories in Ukraine. While these developments add another scandal to the long list of Biden family dirty laundry, the more urgent concern for the country should be continuing the continuing threat to our national security posed by a compromised Joe Biden. I'm not going to call him president. Sorry, I don't care what the article says. And the possibility Russia has access to the catalog of compromising material contained on Hunter's laptop. Mere weeks before then-President Donald Trump and Joe Biden faced off in the November 2020 presidential election, the New York Post published emails obtained from a laptop Hunter Biden had abandoned at a repair shop in Delaware. Those emails emails revealed that during the elder Biden's time as Barack Obama's vice president, Hunter engaged in a pay-to-play scandal, trading off his father's position to strike deals with players in Ukraine and China. The venture was a family one with Joe, the big guy Biden, listed in one email as set to receive a 10% cut of one pending deal and Hunter telling his daughter in another message that Pop took half of his earnings. Even after a former business partner of Hunter Biden's confirmed the authenticity of the emails, the supposed standard bearers of journalism Barry, the scandal, and social media outlets censored both the story and the New York Post. Worse still, more than 50 former senior intelligence officials signed a letter framing the Hunter Biden emails as Russian disinformation. Among others, former CIA directors or acting directors John Brennan, Leon Panetta, General Michael Hayden, John McLaughlin and Mike Morrell signed the letter. In doing so, they gave then-candidate Biden cover to lie to the American people, which he did when Trump confronted him about the scandal during a presidential debate. Trump asked Biden, are you saying the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? Biden countered. That's exactly what I was told. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. That's what Biden, that's what Biden professed to the American public before they went to the polls. And it says here, elected Biden as uh, commander in chief. Uh, That's not what they did. It was stolen. It was stolen. Um, Anyway, it says, but even the New York Times has finally admitted the laptop was real and the emails were legitimate. Okay, got that? 
So initially, that admission proved significant because it likewise legitimizes the scandals spawned from the documents recovered from Hunter's abandoned laptop. However, the trajectory of the scandal changed Friday with the UK Daily Mail's exclusive. So, UK Daily Mail announced last Friday emails from Hunter's abandoned laptop show he helped secure millions of dollars of funding for Metabiota, a U.S. Defense Department contractor specializing in research on pandemic-causing diseases that could be used as bioweapons. Biden also introduced Metabiota to an allegedly corrupt Ukrainian gas firm, Burisma, for a science project involving high biosecurity-level labs in Ukraine. And although Metabiota is ostensibly a medical data company, its vice president emailed Hunter Biden in 2014 describing how they could assert Ukraine's cultural and economic independence from Russia, an unusual goal for a biotech firm, especially a biotech data firm. What do they care? The UK Daily Mail added more details about Metabiota and Hunter Biden's role in brokering relationships for the research company in Ukraine. Included throughout the article were copies of the emails ostensibly obtained from Hunter's laptop that confirmed the Daily Mail's reporting. The article also added details shedding light on Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine during the time his father served as vice president and America's point person on issues related to that country. Now, Friday's exclusive is not the first time the Daily Mail has published never-before-seen material from Hunter Biden's laptop. Last August, the outlet published unearthed footage of Hunter Biden telling a prostitute that in the summer of 2018, another laptop went missing, and he believed Russia had stolen it. At the time, Hunter Biden also expressed concern that the laptop might prove fodder for blackmail since it contained compromising material. Oh, really? What distinguishes the emails contained in last week's UK Daily Mail article from those published last year is the most recent release came the day after Russia's state Duma speaker, in other words, the uh, state speaker of their parliament, their legislature, Vyacheslav Volodin, accused Joe Biden of being involved in the creation of biolaboratories in Ukraine, with Volodin claiming an investment fund run by his son Hunter funded research and the implementation of the U.S. military biological program. Soon after Volodin made the charge on Thursday, the U.K. Telegraph called Russia's accusation of Hunter Biden funding Ukrainian biological laboratories an unsubstantiated claim designed to build on negative coverage about Biden's son in right-wing U.S. media. But with Friday's release of previously undisclosed emails from Hunter Biden's laptop, Russia's claim, at least concerning Hunter Biden's connection to Ukrainian biological laboratories, appears to be accurate. Now, why is it, I've asked this before, why is it that so often we have to rely on foreign press to do the job that American journalists should be doing? Uh, Who knows? 
Well, I think we know. I think we know. Margot Cleveland, the Federalist, continues, while none of the emails released on Friday support Russia's claim that the Ukrainian labs were used to research or create bioweapons, propaganda need only hold a sliver of truth to serve its purpose. And the cache of emails. Thank you. Did you see my other uh, text, too? Okay, the one right before that. Thank you. Sorry, the, the wife is home for lunch. Always good to see her. And the cache of emails contained on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop provides Putin and his comrades enough evidence to seemingly confirm the Russian government's earlier claim that Hunter Biden helped implement a bioweapon program in Ukraine. Pardon me just a moment. Noses run in my family. This false framing also provides Russia ammunition to justify its attack on its neighbor to the West. Russia's ability to point to the Hunter Biden emails as confirmation of his claims of a biolab in Ukraine raises a serious question with huge national security implications. How did Russia know the day before the U.K. Daily Mail's exclusive that Hunter Biden's investment fund, Rosemont Seneca, had invested in Metabiota and been involved in Metabiota's operations in Ukraine? The timing of events last week suggests Russia has access to the same emails as the Daily Mail or that Vladimir Putin's agents might well have obtained access to Hunter Biden's first laptop, the one Biden's son believed Russians had stolen in 2018. In either case, the Biden family corruption documented on the laptops has gone from from a potential national security risk to a real one in the midst of a war launched by Russia on a country bordering NATO allies. Together, the Biden family, the intelligence agencies, and the corrupt media, social and legacy, hold full responsibility for the danger Americans now face. Biden knew full well how compromised his family was. And, there, there, and that there were at least two laptops, not just one, with evidence of the corruption floating about. Yet Biden lied to the American public with an assist from the former high-level members of the intelligence community who signed the letter suggesting the laptop scandal represented Russian disinformation. Then there's the FBI, which by December 2019 had access to the abandoned laptop and thereby also knew that Hunter believed Russians had stolen his other laptop in summer 2018. To date, there's been no indication that the FBI provided Joe Biden a defensive briefing on the national security risk posed by those laptops. Or, if FBI agents did brief Biden on the risks in a timely manner, that means he nonetheless lied to the American public and ran for president, knowing the propaganda at Putin's fingertips. Even when coupled with the complicity of former members of the intelligence community, all of Joe Biden's lies would mean nothing if the media had done its job and reported the story when it still mattered. It's too late now, however. She says, Biden is our commander-in-chief. No, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not. He stole it. And Putin potentially holds a cache of compromising information perfect for propaganda purposes. Well, perfect for blackmail. Not just propaganda, blackmail. But she, I mean, she said that already. But I just wanted to underscore that. I just wanted to underscore that. Yeah. 
It's outrageous. It's outrageous. All right, look. We're very, very thankful. Very thankful for our advertisers. They make it possible for us to do what we do. So let me mention a couple of them real quickly. As a whole lot of papers fall on my foot here. I've got one of these... um, Got one of these computer desks, and you, you you pull this thing out, and you put a bunch of papers on it, but eventually you put too many papers on it, so they go out the other side. Great. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including... The freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added payment options and allow you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection... You'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver to your front door no matter where you live in the continental United States. RedRiverYourWay.com. You'll be glad you did. Okay, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You see the big, bold letters, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. What do you do then? You click the big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now which allows you to book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. He'll also make sure your personalized health coverage does not force you to cover awful things like abortion, which would violate your deeply held religious beliefs, like some of those Obamacare plans do. All right? So once again, myfamilyhealthplan.com. Affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule call now. Book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. Art Wilborn, who will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I hear the television. It's kind of bothering me, so I'm going to... I'm going to pull the door, too. Sorry. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the inconvenience. That's better. That's better. Okay, now, 
The show must go on. Talking about... Talking about... Hunter's laptop. There's a guy named Rahim Kassam. And he's over the National Pulse. And... Um, he was apparently on some kind of a podcast last night with Buck Sexton talking about Hunter and Ukraine. And uh, let me grab my headphones again. I want, I, want to, I want to hear this as you hear it because this is explosive. This is explosive. And I try to share stuff with you that you're not getting anywhere else. So here it goes. There, there, there is a lot here that screams nepotism. There is a lot here that screams, you know, abuse of power and abuse of position. Uh, there is a lot here for me that screams they are they are tinkering around the edges on the peripheries and and they they use very ex- words explicitly and couch their language very carefully. What we don't have access to is the finances. What we don't have access to is a lot of the documents that have been uh, that, that no longer load because you actually have to load this hard drive up in an air gap fashion. In you cannot connect to the internet, otherwise it will know who you are, where you are, and it will probably wipe all of the data on it in, an, in kind of an Apple update sense. Um, so you can't load a lot of the things that would necessarily guide you to that. But you know who could load those things is U.S. law enforcement, and and I suspect very significantly now especially since the New York Times has, has, has uh, appreciated that this is a very real thing, that, that law enforcement is not going to be able to hide away from this now for any particular uh, you know, long amount of time anymore. And if you can find financial um, you know, uh, uh, discrepancies, if you can find those sorts of things, then yeah, I mean, it's very clear that Hunter was, you know, I don't want to say the brains behind the operation, it was almost the brawn behind the operation. He was the one that they would roll out to investors, uh, to high-level contacts from all around the world, CCP members, Ukrainian government officials, third parties like that, to kind of flex his Biden family muscle. Um, there are there is also, I have to say, a lot of threads that have remained unpulled on to this date, and we're getting to it. All right. Raheem Kassam, everybody, nationalpulse.com. He's the editor-in-chief there. Go check it out. Raheem, thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. do check out the National Pulse. Do check out the National Pulse. A lot going on there. A whole lot going on there. Now, um, about the article we just shared with you a few moments ago from Margot Cleveland at The Federalist. Um. There was a, uh, a Twitter account called FOIA Fan, which apparently is no longer around. It was this morning. It's not now. And another Twitter account, Kingmaker FT, says, unfortunately, the account whose tweet Professor Margot Cleveland was referring to no longer exists. We don't know why yet, but I can report on the tweet. It's definitely worth giving some thought to. FOIA Fan posted in response to the article in The Federalist today. Margot Cleveland, who authored the article, discussed the national security issues raised by Hunter's laptop, particularly in light of the newly published emails, discussing Hunter's role in an investment in Meadowbiota, 
which received funding from the Defense Department for Biological Research. FOIAFAN drew an important comparison between the almost complete radio silence from the media as to any potential national security issue associated with the laptop and the polar opposite reaction from the media when Sally Yates worried that Russia might try to blackmail General Michael Flynn, which, of course, was all made up. To refresh everyone's memory, Sally Yates from the Obama administration made a beeline to the Trump White House as soon as she learned she claimed that General Flynn lied to Mike Pence about what Flynn talked to Ambassador Sergei Kislyak about. See, Yates was a holdover for a few weeks from the Obama administration. She said she knew Flynn lied because the Justice Department had the transcript of the call. Rather than showing White House counsel the actual transcript, which confirmed Flynn didn't talk about sanctions on the call as opposed to expulsion of diplomats, which would have proven Flynn did not lie to Pence, Sally Yates brought an internal FBI memo reporting just the opposite. When questioned by members of Congress, Sally Yates argued Flynn's lie, which turned out not to be a lie at all, exposed him to blackmail by the Russians because they would have a recording that proved Flynn lied to Pence. So you got that now? The FBI had a transcript. Russia had a transcript, too. So rather than take, take the actual transcript discreetly to Michael Flynn and suggest he needed to correct the record, if they thought he lied, actually he really didn't lie, the Obama holdovers in the top echelon of the Justice Department turned it into a massive national security threat and got Michael Flynn fired. The pretext was possible Russian blackmail, and the media ate it up. Now, we have the laptop. It contains evidence of international influence peddling by Joe Biden's crack-addicted son. It has evidence of government-funded biolabs with a corrupt Ukrainian energy company invested. It has evidence the president's son was paid millions by the corrupt Ukrainian company, not to mention deals with a Russian oligarch, communist Chinese companies sending millions to Hunter Biden, a business deal with a spy chief of China, and so on. The laptop also evidenced Hunter having drug and sex-fueled parties with Russian prostitutes and Russian drug dealers or mobsters. Finally, the laptop contains evidence that Hunter paid for these soirees by drawing cash out of his father's account. You know, the big guy, Joe Biden. Now, does anybody believe any of this raises national security concerns or that it at least raises the prospect of blackmail by Russia, China, Ukraine, Kazakhstan? Where is Sally Yates when we really need her? Yeah, where indeed? Where indeed? Look, um, one of the things I try to do here on the Doc Washburn Show is uh, give you the news you're not hearing anywhere else. And I try to kind of warn you about things, you know, when I find out about them. I, I don't want you to ever be able to say, Doc, why didn't you tell us about, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. So this guy named Mike Engelman on Twitter, I think he had a, a really good point. 
He said we're on the brink of World War III, total economic collapse, record high gas prices, wide open southern border with millions of who knows what crossing over because we have a vegetable installed from a rigged election and everybody's talking about a fake slap at the Oscars. Clown world. Clown world. I'll say one more thing about last night on TV. And this is from a guy named Cooper Co. He says, Will Smith saying he wants to be a vessel for love 15 minutes after hitting a guy live on international TV and then getting a standing ovation is just an incredible summation of what Hollywood's all about. It certainly is. It certainly is. Curtis Halk over at Newsbusters says, watch as this former watch as this former Obama official insists that Joe Biden's line about Putin not being allowed to remain in power was actually proof that Biden is playing 4D chess and we're just not on Joe Biden's level. We just don't get it. Here on CNN. This is amazing. Check it out. But the, Biden is a, a couple of steps ahead on this whole situation. If we remember about a month ago or so, there was this question about SWIFT banking and whether or not SWIFT would be uh, used to sanction Russia. And there was a question, why are we not doing it? And President Biden said, well, Europe's not there yet. And then within 24 hours, Europe fell in line and the SWIFT banking system uh, was closed off to Russia, a significant penalty. So President Biden is making the argument that frankly does get people thinking about how could Russia become part of the global community again with Vladimir Putin running that country? Can they really get taken off of sanctions? Can they really be trusted? Can Ukraine be next to Russia with Vladimir Putin running it? That doesn't mean the U.S. is going to go in and, and do regime change, but it does mean that people have to be thinking big picture here while this policy goes forward because we are in it for the long haul. I think that's the key theme from the week is that this is not going to be a one or two week uh, uh, dynamic. This is months, years potentially of, cr- of clash. All right, this guy named Joel Rubin, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State under Obama, talking about how brilliant how brilliant Joe Biden is. Unbelievable. By the way, you see what the libs have been doing on social social media to uh, Clarence Thomas and his wife while uh, Justice Thomas is recuperating in hospital? The great David Reboy says what the contemptible media is trying to do with Jenny Thomas, knowing their activists will hound and harass her and infuriate her husband, is beyond grotesque. They're, build, they're building a new hate object. Yep. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Now, the great Julie Kelly, one of my favorite columnists over at uh, American Greatness, she's responding to Elise Stefanik, one of the rhinos in House Republican leadership, who said House Republicans met this week to discuss our unified message and how we will work together to earn back the House this November so we can start delivering results for the American people. So, Julie Kelly, American Greatness, quotes from Lee Stefanik's plans for what they'll do if they win the House back. 
Seven task forces working on policy areas important to the conference. Jobs in the economy, big tech censorship and data, future of American freedoms, energy, climate, and conservation. Climate, come on, give me a break. American security, healthy future, and competition with China. Julie Kelly's response, no, no task forces. We want select committees populated with a few GOP attack dogs sat staffed by criminal prosecutors with subpoena power. Public testimony under oath. Start with the FBI in on Russiagate. School boards. Remember that? Teachers union telling DOJ go after the uh, the parents who speak out of the school board meetings. The Governor Whitmer case. Remember that? The FBI sting in which nobody was ever going to kidnap the governor of Michigan after all. And January 6th, Julie Kelly's like, hey, you want to see the template for it? Look at Pelosi's January 6th committee. You do the same thing as Republicans go after them. That's the deal. But too many Republicans in Congress don't get it. They just don't get it. Just like too many elected Republicans in this state don't get it. They don't get it. Just like the National Review doesn't get it. National Review says it's a good thing to see serious jail time given a major visible visible participants in the January 6th Capitol riot. Well, there was no riot, but anyway. Exemplary crimes require exemplary punishment. The core of the criminal justice system is vindicating crimes that harm particular victims. But some crimes, such as riots, terrorism, hate crimes, and attacks on core democratic and rule of law processes, such as trials, elections, and legislative votes, also do harm to the public at large and to the social order. Julie Kelly's response, exemplary crimes? What, like a guy walking through an open door at a public building with no weapon and attacking no one? Something deeply wrong at National Review. Look, one of the things we're learning is that the government can murder somebody and get away with it. Ashley Babbitt, say her name. Ashley Babbitt. And for that matter, you remember that uh, Christmas bombing in downtown Nashville? Was a year and a half ago? It took out a bunch of cell provider offices. Anybody have any idea what happened on that? No, the FBI is too too busy persecuting their political enemies. They're so hopelessly corrupt. So hopelessly corrupt. Hey, anybody remember that um, October one shooting in in in, uh, in Vegas a few years ago? How many people were murdered at that thing? And the FBI is like, we don't know. No idea. Don't look at us. We don't have any idea at all. Come on, man. Seriously? Seriously, the Las Vegas shooting, 
The guy killed 60 people and wounded 411 more. The ensuing panic, bringing the number of injured to 867. FBI's like, search me. Don't have a clue. Stephen Paddock, yeah, I don't know, man. Guess he was on somebody's radar or something, but no. Why is that? Why is that? How far do you want me to go back? McVeigh? Nichols? Oklahoma City bombing? Who was the other guy? Was it Jose Padilla? The Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. The guy was on their radar the whole time. Uh, the Garland, Texas, Draw Muhammad contest, in which a couple of Islamic jihadists drove all the way from Arizona to Garland, Texas. An FBI agent was tailing them. He was right behind them, let them jump out of the car and start shooting. Fortunately, there was off-duty police doing security there at Garland, Texas, outside the event, or a lot of people would have been murdered, and the FBI agent stayed out of the way. Stayed out of the way. I don't know how many of y'all heard about all those, but um, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Just off the top of my head. I recently found out who recommended Donald Trump hire Christopher Ray as FBI director. Chris Christie back in 2017. Trump listened to Chris Christie. He listens to the wrong people. He listens to the wrong people. Who do you think told him to uh, endorse John Bozeman for re-election? I can't imagine. Could have been Sarah. Could have been Mike Huckabee. You think they told? You think for one minute they told him that Bozeman said he was at least partially responsible for the violence on January sixth at the uh, Capitol, and that he could be criminally investigated, prosecuted, before they said, "Hey, would you please uh, endorse our friend John Bozeman for re-election?" You think that's possible? No. There's no way Trump endorses John Bozeman for re-election if he knew what Bozeman had said about him. There's no way. You notice he hasn't endorsed French Hill. Um, What would happen if Donald Trump ever found out all the ways people are misleading him, all the ways people are withholding information from him about people they wanted to endorse? I wonder what would happen. Oh, and by the way, Bozeman is running scared. He's running commercials now calling Jan Morgan, his chief competitor, a show pony. When you get to the point where you're an incumbent and you are acknowledging your challenger, you're in trouble. And now he's got Tom Cotton doing a commercial for him, too. I know, I know, I know. The commercial calling Jan Morgan a show pony is a pack which theoretically is not supposed to be associated with Bozeman or his campaign. I get it, but hey. 
But hey, my job is to read between the lines sometimes, okay? All right, now, <clears throat> pardon me. I was trying to hit the button there, the cough button. I hit the wrong button. So thankful for our advertisers, including Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Justin is a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he has really helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm is a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. So whether you're hurt in a car wreck, hurt in the job, or you're a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas... Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N. Minton and Benton is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, here's another way we can help you. Do you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, uh, problems with your blood sugar, Um. Problems with your digestive system. Eczema even. Okay, now, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? If the answer to any of these is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and my neck pain. Let me tell you how it works, because this is the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, the C1, which only weighs two ounces. Now, it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment, and if it does, your whole spinal column could get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It could affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, eczema, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, but you sound like you're thinking this is something that maybe could help me, yeah, probably would. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the tab that says Find a doctor near me. And I certainly hope that there is one. You know what I'm saying? I certainly hope there is one. All right. Now, that having been said, really looking forward to, uh, to talking to the folks in Mountain Home tonight, big old uh, group of Ozark Patriots in Mountain Home this evening. And I'm really looking forward to that. 
Now, at this point, at this point of the show, it's a it's a very uh, very special part of the show. Let me see if I let me see if I can find it. Oh yeah, it's time to say. All right, Brian, jump on it. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Today's tweet of the day is from the Bradford file. Biden is not sending billions to Ukraine to save democracy. He's continuing the money laundering scam for the ruling class. That's what's up. That is what's up, y'all. Thank you, Red River Your Way, for sponsoring today's tweet of the day. Rachel Bovard over the Federalist. Article entitled, Yes, the Senate should investigate Katanji Brown-Jackson's leniency toward sex predators. It says Senate Democrats have signaled their intent to begin confirmation hearings for Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. President Biden's nominee to the Supreme Court as early as next week. Thus far, the only information uncovered about Judge Jackson by the intrepid corporate press, and she'll be the first black woman to serve in the Supreme Court. But research released this week by Senator Josh Hawley, Missouri, member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, calls into question Judge Jackson's judicial philosophy concerning sex predators, particularly sentencing for child sex predators. Beginning with a paper she authored while a student at Harvard Law School, Judge Jackson appears to have a track record of both advocacy and sentencing decisions, demonstrating extreme leniency toward child sex predators. Perhaps more concerningly, her record also demonstrates an attempt to normalize a radical sexual ideology of adults being attracted to minors, categorizing it not as flatly criminal, but simply as misunderstood. As Senator Hawley points out in a Twitter thread, beginning in law school, Judge Jackson questioned making convicts register sex offenders objecting to the stigmatization and ostracism it creates and suggesting the public policy on the issue was driven by a climate of fear, hatred, and revenge. Her words. This attitude was not simply that of a law school student pursuing novel legal theory, theories. In fact, what Senator Hawley has laid out is a pattern of behavior from Judge Jackson, one that began when she was in law school, evolved into advocacy while she served on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, and critically, one which she went on to implement as a judge. While the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Judge Jackson advocated for eliminating the existing mandatory minimum sentences for child porn, suggesting at least some people who possessed it are not sexually motivated, but simply, quote, in this for either the collection or the people who are loners and find status in their participation in the community, unquote. While on the federal bench, Judge Jackson demonstrated a continuous string of departures from sentencing guidelines for sex predators. In one case involving a sex offender over the age of 18 caught with multiple images of child pornography, the sentencing guidelines call for a sentence of up to 10 years. Judge Jackson sentenced the perpetrators to three months 
In another case where the criminal distributed more than 102 child pornography videos and sent lewd pictures of his own 10-year-old daughter, the guidelines recommended 97 to 121 months in prison. Judge Jackson sentenced him to only 71 months. Hawley's Twitter thread lists five other similar sentencing examples. The White House attempted to dismiss these concerns as cherry-picked elements of her record out of context. But Judge Jackson's philosophy towards sex offenders is hardly a one-off, as both her statements and sentencing history demonstrate. Rather, these views appear to be fundamental to her judicial philosophy, beginning as a law student, then as a practicing attorney, and then as a judge. If confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, Judge Jackson will presumably continue to apply those legal views, but this time with the imprimatur of the country's highest court. Senators should surely take notice. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Ain't that the truth? It's, uh, they're bad people in charge. Let me just put it that way. There's, there are bad people in charge. Uh, Mike Davis, Mike Davis over Twitter, formerly chief counsel for nominations, U.S. Senate Committee for the Judiciary, and a former law clerk for Justice Gorsuch, about this article says, and this is, this is very rough what he's saying and what I'm getting ready to repeat. So any children around, you might want to get them away. Okay. This is very rough. Um, Here's the hard reality. These images are mostly prepubescent children down to infants. They are frightening. Many are bloody. Many depict screams and crying and pain and helplessness. They show little children drugged and forced to do horrific acts and to endure unspeakable, life-scarring abuse. They represent children who have been abducted, trafficked, lured into a neighbor's or relative's house, or unbelievably turned over by a parent to an abuser for money. It isn't child pornography. It's mostly the actual or depicted torture of small, innocent children by grown men who record the torture and sell it to other men who perpetuate the crime by trading the content and creating new demand, which in a vicious cycle generates more little victims. This is the reality that makes Jackson's efforts to explain her soft approach toward these criminals all the more troublesome. Judge Jackson may not be able to define what a woman is, but she obviously has devoted a great deal of thought as to why she believes sentencing guidelines are unfair to those who participate in and perpetuate an industry that brutalizes young children. She was put on the defensive and responded, as many in Washington do, by assigning blame elsewhere. It quickly got crowded under the bus as she tossed in Congress, the prosecutors, the other judges, followed by the U.S. Sentencing Commission and the Internet, and lifetime restrictions on access to children and computers, and finally society itself, which she has said unfairly shuns sex offenders. Sentences are designed to deter bad behavior, not just by the offender, but also within the citizenry, where penalties should be sufficient to dissuade others from committing similar crimes. It's hard to point to another crime that deserves more deterrence than tormenting a child for sexual purposes. But Jackson did not acknowledge the benefits of higher sentences that might deter participation in the child sexual abuse industry. She, she asserted that the abundance and ease of 
acquisition of horrific images in today's world is somehow an exculpatory factor when it comes to holding offenders accountable. In other words, she's like, well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't give them uh, that great a sentence because it's easier to get this stuff now that we have the Internet. That's what she said. In other words, since you can get more of it these days, you should be punished less. Good news for bad guys, but not so great for children. Judge Jackson stated more than once she has had to look at these terrible images presented as evidence in her court. This fact does not help her argument. It only calls into question her judgment because, as everyone in law enforcement knows, these repulsive images do not engender feelings of tolerance and reduce punishment in a normal person. Who looks at such horror and thinks, yep, I'm going to cut their sentence in half? Outrageous. Outrageous. But that, that is the judge that Joe Biden's handlers want on the U.S. Supreme Court. Outrageous. I wonder if any Republicans will vote for her. I mean, John Bozeman and Tom Cotton both voted for Lisa Monaco, who's number two at the U.S. Justice Department. She was a big, big, big Obama person. And she is probably running the DOJ because uh, Mayor Garland clearly doesn't know what's going on. Only two Republican senators voted against her, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. That was it. That was it. All right, uh, Mountain View this evening. Mountain View this evening, Ozark Patriots, pardon me, not Mountain View, Mountain Home, I'm sorry. Mountain Home this evening, Ozark Patriots will be meeting at Bunkle's Brick Oven and Brews in Mountain Home, 6 o'clock this evening. I hope you guys can come join us. You've been listening to Episode 116 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washer Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washman Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the 10th. Uh, that's the way it is. Monday, March 28th, 2022.